Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, what's happening on a Monday? In, are we now toward the end of June? June 20th? Holy cow, summer's going fast and we're getting to football season too early. Slow down. Slow down. We're almost a month away from the Jags starting camp. Ouch. It's a short summer, if you ask me. Thanks to Tony Baselli getting into that Pro Football Hall of Fame. We love it for the big fella, but shortens the summer up uh, quite a bit. Hope you had a good weekend. Happy Father's Day to everyone as well. Hope you had a good Dad's Day. Uh, Brent Morton, Aaron Schechter, and Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. And uh, guess what? Casey smiling today. Aaron, Casey can be Debbie Downer, bad mood guy, right? You just said Casey smiling. I've never actually seen that. Yeah. Where are you seeing that? So uh, did you... Did you detect a more jovial Casey Kurtz today. Maybe slightly, but I don't really know what the what the reason could be. Oh, uh, it's all triggered by one thing. What's that? All triggered by one thing. When we did our golf picks, he picked Matt Fitzpatrick to win the US Open. Uh, guess who won the US Open? Oh, uh, I could only guess. Matt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Sounds like it. And that, that it means he had a little uh, hop in his step that I bet did he win any money? No, I don't think he would. Well, I don't know, maybe he put something on him. Win any money, Casey? Plenty. Oh, oh, plenty. Someone's buying lunch today. I was going to say, when you talk money, and you, plenty doesn't usually come out of your mouth. <laughs> Not usually. Uh, by the way, if you're watching on the stream, I don't know what's wrong with this camera that I have. Aaron bought it, it looks, and it's not working. It looks fine. <laughs> you look good. What are you talking about? <laughs> you look great. You buy that out of your own pocket? All the issues you see on the camera, Casey, that's organic. It's got nothing to do with the camera. <laughs> I'm not What's having a good day. It? it looks good. You look great, man. What are you talking about? It's dark. I got the light on. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It looks okay on this end. We'll come fiddle with it in the commercial. Voice. Anyway, Matt Fitzpatrick. We fool, Legend. fool the audience, so don't give them a tip to our secrets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that for three and a half years <laughs> and ongoing. Yeah, man, Matt Fitzpatrick, what a win. Kind of a little out of all the people on the leaderboard. I didn't expect that to happen. I did. He did not. He choked at the PGA Championship, man. It was a terrible Sunday. Well, different situation. I guess. More comfortable with the course. More comfortable Instead, with the course. Will Zalatoris choked a little bit down the Will Zalatoris has the ugliest putting stroke in the history of anybody ever putting. Have you, did you watch, like, the slow-mos of it? That, like, no laying up and guys put in? He's so unconfident with it. Yeah. it's uh, Well, he does. I've seen it. I actually remember going back to the PGA Championship. They were talking about it, too. If this guy ever gets hot with the putter, confident with the putter, oh, it's figures over. out the putter, wow. I mean, he could be deadly. Yeah, it's a wrap. Uh, here's the thing about golf, right? Nah, not the overwhelming star. Like, it was a good U.S. Open. Very good. But I'm not sure it's a transcendent U.S. Open. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh. I don't know, man. It was really good, I thought. Like, yeah, I think you had to be a, a golf fan. You, yeah, that's true. But, like, Aaron's not so much of a golf fan. Aaron's not talking about Matt Fitzpatrick today. Right. Will Zalatoris. He might be talking about Rory back-to-back -back and kind of plays into the whole live good versus evil thing. Like, there's none of that going on today. It was, I mean, I would say it's a bad win. The U.S. Open, the U.S. Open, this major championship. It's going to get its attention. It was definitely a tournament where the story was in the players versus players versus the names on the leaderboard, though. Right? Like, first of all, Fitzpatrick, you were you were the only person I hear talking about Matt Fitzpatrick. Because I'm a genius and everybody else isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then Zelatoris, is this like his thing now? This coming up short, like, uh, is this what yes. he's going to be known for, much like well, Phil was for years? Well, it I is think right, right now. now it's, it's more knocking on the door right now. It's not necessarily turned into this is what he's known for. I think people believe he's knocking on the door and he's going to kick it down. But I think but casuals, he's, having a, he's having a Ricky Fowler kind of year. Yeah, I mean, I think casuals now know second in the Masters, second in the U.S. Open. So, it, I mean, it's becoming a trend. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, I... I you know, Scotty Scheffler, unbelievable. Do you know Scotty Scheffler already over $12 million is the most money ever won on tour wow. in a season? And we're not even done. We got a long way to go. We got two months left. Yeah. Think about that. Shows you the purses are ridiculous, yeah. but it also shows you how well uh, he has played. Hideki Matsuyama continues to be a factor. Morikawa. I mean, those are some big names. Crazy part about this tournament is that some of the, the not big names were still kind of in the mix at times all the way through the weekend. Kind of hung around longer than... I thought they normally would. Um, and uh, overall, pretty pretty good uh, U.S. Open. It's cool to see that the old courses can still beat up today's modern great golfer. Don't you like that, Casey? I appreciate it. Yeah, I think we do. I think that, that you talk about it's a test of time. Though that a place like Brookline stands the test of time. What I don't appreciate is... Uh I won plenty of money, but I'm telling you, we would have been super rich if Xander didn't shoot seven over on Saturday and Rom four over yesterday. Yeah. Because my DraftKings, at one point in time, I was in first place out of like 70,000 people. Really? Wow. Yes. I didn't finish I didn't finish in purse. first place. So, yeah. like, what kind of money if you were to win that? Hundreds of thousands. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see him no more. <laughs> I didn't. I did not. I mean, I did so okay. You, did you get a little excited? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. Because uh, it was Sunday, too. Like, it was getting late. It was before Rom like, totally imploded. So, like, he had made a coat. He started with, like, three pars, I think. So, I was like, I was in the I was like, okay, okay, the boys. And then Rom was four over, which hurt. Yeah. And uh, Shoffley, he might have won the tournament if not for, like, a seven-hole stretch on Saturday. Yeah, he was... He was really good. Like, he was consistent. He was even, or he was one over even the first round. Then it was one under, two under in the fourth round. And then, yeah, that seven over was brutal. I mean, it got ugly in a hurry for Shoffley because we had him in, like, a pool. We had Shoffley, Davis, Riley, Sam Burns, and Justin Thomas. Delphonic's right. I was so close to quitting. I wouldn't have been here if I finished <laughs> I say, the first we, on DraftKings. Can we get back to your uncut gems moment here? Because what point in the weekend did you start to think it was a real thing that you could be winning a six-figure payday? To be honest, never. Like, I was excited, but I knew that somehow somebody would screw me. And <laughs> you would screw okay. me. That's your great mentality. The, the president of pessimism makes yeah. a return. Okay. I, I didn't know who it was going to be. <laughs> that is a great mentality. Somebody's going to screw me here. Like, yeah. Who's screwing you? Like, you picked the damn golfers. Well, I knew. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like you're like Brent screwed you over because Xander Shoffley was seven over after seven yeah. holes, and he said this about Shoffley on Friday. <laughs> damn it, Brent. Yeah, there you go. No, I really thought because Denny McCarthy was really my savior. Top ten yeah, finish. You right? mentioned McCarthy, by the way, and of course he kind of came back on the weekend because I thought he, he did. He fought with the cut. Uh, I thought I saw him down there, like, maybe it was a first yeah, round. It, it was, was a first round. He shot 73. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was three over, I think it was, the yeah. first round. So, yeah, I was I was for sure it was going to be Denny that shot four over on Sunday and not Rom, but love Denny. Denny's the reason I won the money I did because a lot of people had Rom and, like, Fitzpatrick. So, where did you finish? Top 200. Wow, that's pretty good. Out yeah. of 70,000. Yeah. Damn. Was, was it, and it was good enough for money. It was good enough for money, yeah. All right. 
That's great. If Good you deal. if you would have won walking papers money, right? The the say goodbye to my life, my life, the the, the six figure payday you thought you were uh, mm-hmm. gonna win. Is anyone in this building getting noticed before you never come back? <laughs> I would have. Are I you just disappearing one day? I would have came in to do this victory tour, but it would have been a little different. <laughs> I probably would have stayed through OT, and then I've been like, hey Brent, listen. <laughs> let me give you. Let me give you. Let me just give you a little lesson in life. All right. If you win a hundred, couple hundred thousand dollars on DraftKings, uh-huh. it ain't enough. Oh, I know. Well, government's coming for fifty as as soon as you take it out. It, it's not enough. You still got to. I'm not sure if you're coming to work here. You can take a couple months off and find something months? else. Yeah. But, Jeez. but but you're going back to work. Yeah. That's just a lesson. I know it seems like a lot of money, but uh. and it is. But it's not going to last you the next 40 years. No, it's not going to last you awesome, though, huh? It would have been pretty good. It's a heck of a down payment on a house or something or another house. Or, or just pay off the mortgage, or yeah. Or pay off the mortgage, yeah. A couple of gallons of milk will run you five grand these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was, it was funny. I'm not look at gas these days. I just don't look at gas prices much anyway. That's a little stressing if you do. It so is I stressing, but yeah. I, I just... It's kind of like, okay, we got to we're traveling all over the place this summer. <laughs> it's like, great, you know? And it is hefty now. But, so I've got two schools of thoughts. I'm usually a wait till the last like 20 miles guy, like that low light's coming on and then Damn. I'm pushing it right. Like I'm that guy. I don't know how you guys live. I like went that. out of gas twice. Well, once like oh, really on an exit, and another time as I'm like going into like I had to coast into the gas station. So it's actually a pretty good record considering the fact that, that you're running on fumes I'm, most of the I time. Am, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely push it and. So now, but I'm like, hey, this might be better for the mentality if I fill up like right after it gets under half, hmm. because now I'm only putting like 60 bucks in <laughs> instead of 100. Found a way to shortcut. Okay, you know what I mean. So All I right. feel better. Wow, but wait for a half. Just go at three quarters. Whatever it's only it like is. 25 bucks. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever's going to make me feel better. But Brent's the, walk around pepping his stab. <laughs> hey, it cost me 25 bucks to fill up the car today. So we're in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Uh, or at least it feels like it's not totally in the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of off the beaten path. And we're coming out of the tournament. We're going to drive home yesterday, and I see 425. Mm. And now we're fist pumping at 425. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what the hell kind of world yeah. are we living in when it's we're like fist pumping back for to gas the future. at 425? 2018. So, yeah. But I kind of am. I'm like, this is like this little rundown gas station. I'm like, gosh, they're doing it right. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting. I waited behind somebody to get gas. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to get it, 425, and I'm going to see how this goes along the rest of the way, see if I really saved or if gas had just come down overnight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, then, uh, within a quarter of a mile, it was like 439. 49. And then Slowly it was ticking back up as he gets to the back highway. Up, yeah, by the time I got to Tallahassee and, and needed, oh no, I went to the Busy Bee, so that's in like Live Oak, I think, and I paid four eighty nine. Mm. So I did good. Four twenty five yeah. oh, is yeah. my point. Moral of the story here. That was the lowest I think we've paid. I've paid for gas in a while. That's got to be in close to a year. And by the, like Florida and places, I think we're lower than everybody else. Aren't oh we? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, as you head up north, again, tick 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 ticks way up. I mean, California's I crazy. Yeah, I think they're paying like eight eight bucks a gallon or something in some places. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. That's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. I always think it's I, I I find it fascinating in our world when I can do what like my parents and grandparents did when they really my grandparents did when they said i remember when a loaf of bread was five cents you know it's, it's like it's the true okay, test grandma. of age though yeah. right it's like i used to hear my parents my grandparents do it and now i'm looking at my kids going man it, it doesn't feel long ago that gas was under two dollars no i'll tell you this i know for a fact my my only recognition of gas like being 
low price was in Ashland, Ohio, when I was in college. This would have been the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I paid, I remember it, it was 69 cents a gallon. Man. 69 cents a gallon. Now, there was a lot that was under a dollar, mm-hmm. right? For a long time, it was under a dollar. Yeah. But it was 69 cents a gallon. And now I've reached a point where... And gas went over like three bucks a couple of years ago. It was like a hurricane thing that happened yeah, and right? pumped gas up and, you know. But it's like, that's one of those things. That's the bread. Mm-hmm. Like, that is my loaf of bread. Yes. Yes. It's like 69 cents to $5. $5. And, and no like time. Like last week in West Palm Beach, paid $5.24. It's insane. I mean, that is a lot. You know, the other thing, we were talking about this on Friday because I did a little Uber Eats order. Brent, it cost me $56 <laughs> for two sandwiches from a fast food place. <laughs> $56. So how much was the Uber Eats part of that? Well, his sandwich was a large. It was 17 Seriously? Bucks. Seriously? Again? He's mad. You were $17 for a sandwich? Shut now up, that I Brent. said large. What was in the sandwich? Uh, the, the, uh, Turkey, what you ham, bacon, cheese, He was lettuce, like, load it up. Mayonnaise. <laughs> so like, we did this for 25 but, minutes but, on Friday. No. It's coming back. In it's making another appearance. In Casey's defense, I got a medium combo. It was still like 15 bucks. Really? But then fees and taxes, so it was so about... And tip and... Yeah, it was close to about half of that was, like, not food stuff. Wow. It's a lot of money. That's what crazy. he didn't tell you was he tipped the maximum allowed. The by... tip was, like, $11 yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. So you tipped well. That's good. I tried. But, uh-huh. like, still, so 40 bucks for fast food? Do you tip for well because people? you're like Aaron from the Eagle? <laughs> no, but I... <laughs> That's, that's I what I said. Here's I said I his morning show must be doing well. I said there are two things. Number one, the economy stinks, so you're trying to help out where you can. But yeah. number two, especially with DoorDash and Uber Eats, you hear they don't pick up the food if you don't tip. So I'm trying not to have my fast food sit on a shelf somewhere in, in, in some store for an hour and a half while I'm just watching the map going, I don't understand why it's not moving. I've honestly used DoorDash or Uber Eats, whatever one it was, just one time in my life. So you're not investing in their future then? <laughs> Because no. I am. I'm a shareholder based on these prices. <laughs> oh, so smoked. you use it a lot? Well, I try not to, but Casey, yeah. Casey, you use it a lot? <laughs> oh, Brent. We used to have the uh, the Dash Pass Ooh. on DoorDash, which means all your delivery is free. You were subscribers. Yeah, well, we got it free because me and Amanda have like a chase card. I don't know why exactly, but it came free for a year when we got the chase card. Okay, so, yeah, one well, of the perks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, for a year, we had free delivery, so oh, we were all over the DoorDash. But that has since gone away, and now we're making our own food again, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Living like a couple hey. of peasants. By the way, dude, dude, listen, the greatest thing that came out of the pandemic was the air fryer. We use that. Oh, so man. Much, oh, yeah, man. we're using it now. It's, it's like 99 bucks now. It's probably 120 bucks because everything's like times whatever. But, I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a buy. I mean, I don't know who makes it, so it's not like an advertisement for whoever. It's probably a million different manufacturers. But you put everything in there, so man. So you do. You cook everything, including greasy stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, I put 100%. Like, I mean, really, what we were living on for a while, there was like, you know, we get kids, chicken nuggets mm-hmm. and like yeah. egg rolls pizza and, bites and pizza stuff, bites. Yeah. And, but, you know, we I've shared this story before, but you probably haven't heard it. I'll now, we, cook, we will cook steak in there. Yeah, my wife cooks salmon in there. It's really good. Yeah. Like, you won't believe it, and it's not cool. Like, you're not, like, putting the chef hat on and drinking a beer outside. Right, right. But in 12 minutes, I got a medium-rare steak that tastes just as good. Now, here's my only issue. You guys tell me if you have the same issue. Once the steak or the salmon or the bacon or whatever else you're cooking in the air fryer is done, you got that whole 
greasiness and all the smell in there, and then you try and cook a piece of toast or something. Yeah, that happens. It comes out tasting like a fish with with bacon on it. You do so have like, to. Yeah, our air fryer thing is gross. Yeah, you yeah. gotta work that you thing all the time. Yeah, you gotta wash it. We but wash it. Right. Still gross. Is it still gross? Oh, dude. Yeah, we're past the point of return. We're throwing like raw chicken in there, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to be a little careful with that. Uh, all right, we hit gas, we hit food. We hit the U.S. Open, we got golf out of the way uh, as well. Um, what is going on in the football world this week? Uh, here's what's going on at Florida State. By the way, they name a new play-by-play man. Uh, we're going to have him on at 4 o'clock, Jeff Colhane. But we don't want to do this while like he's going to come on. So let me ask you this, Florida State fans. How much pressure is on this guy? Oh, man. And, and keep in mind, Florida Gators, I don't think they've hired anybody yet. Right, Casey? I don't think so. Yeah, nope. to replace Mick. So, I mean, kind of a lot of pressure or maybe it's a refresh. Maybe it's it's kind of cool, like a different voice, is, a fresh voice is fun. That's what we try to bring here to the show on ESPN 690. Fresh voices are fun, right? Yeah, no, as much as possible, right? <laughs> uh, I, I bet you that the only person putting pressure on him is himself at this point. Like, I don't think anyone from FSU or even the student body is looking at him going, you got to be Gene. That's, I don't no, think that's I agree with that. I agree with that. But I, I do think it's pretty big shoe. You oh, said huge, big shoes. And, for both, and people are so used to a sound, you know? One thing in our world, I say this a lot, we don't like change. Mm. Uh, the listener doesn't love Especially change. Sports. The viewer doesn't yeah. love change. The, it's just kind of part of our medium. Like, when they change the newspaper size because they couldn't afford to print it at the, mm. you know, they don't like that. You know, yeah. so so automatically, unfortunately, this guy, he knows it, too. Mm-hmm. He's going to have the critics. And the comparisons. And the comparisons yeah. right away. And usually we don't like it right away. Mm-hmm. I, and that's okay. Um, but then I think over the course of time, I don't know how long that time is, I think uh, they'll feel like this guy's been there for 20 years. Yeah, maybe. And, and I don't know when that cut off. Like in our world, our business... Is kind of like a two to three year window of that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on which medium you're in, I don't know if that's the case with a play by play guy, uh, but I think a lot of that will depend on success. I was going to say, if Florida yeah. State can be better and good on the field because yeah. they haven't been, yeah, they might love this guy right away. If they have a great season, his voice will be associated with all those huge plays. Yeah, for sure. I think it helps out a lot when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, I I agree with you. Big shoes to fill, and uh, lots for him to. To try and, and make his own. Yeah, that's a, by the, he's got a pretty good resume, too. Uh, but I, we're going to talk about this with him when we have him on. This is not a guy that was, like, groomed to be the next FSU play-by-play man. I mean, he's done North Dakota, and I think he's done a little West Virginia, but Nebraska. I, this isn't, like, uh, the heir apparent, if you will. Of, that's a good thing, though, Gene right? Beckroff. I think that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. I think it's refreshing. Well, you get a good. talented person, a skilled person who worked their way into the job. It wasn't like it was bequeathed to them, and they were just training for the one eventuality. This is probably someone who's more well-rounded than other candidates who would have just been heir apparents. I think that's a that's a good thing for him. Do you think uh, voices, and, and we did this a while ago, what's more memorable, voices or, or like, seeing people? You know, so, like, mm-hmm. I got the both... Um, mediums. Well, really, we kind of combine it now because you can see us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, but I gotta is believe. it hearing the voice or is it seeing? Like, is it TV and seeing the person or is it hearing the voice? And I think it's, I've lived through both and it's kind of fascinating how much the voice is impactful. Uh, not yeah. just mine, I'm saying in general in our medium. No, of course. In, in, 
in my childhood, I remember more radio play-by-play guys listening to sports than I do the TV guys. So weren't you listening to more sports on the radio than watching on the TV? I know I was growing I, up. I mean, more than probably today. Especially baseball. But I don't know. Like, I wasn't a watch it on TV and shut the TV guy off and listen on the radio. Yeah, I wasn't know? that guy either. But I, I mean, I would say I probably watched more. I mean... Grew up. It's not like we didn't have television, right? So no, it's fair. I just know that, especially during baseball season, like I would listen to way more games either in the car or at the beach or something. Yeah. Than I'd be watching at home. Basketball, uh, football's a little bit different because it's a shortened schedule. But basketball too, at least for me growing up, uh, I think maybe it's a generational thing in 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 my opinion, where like people of our era, maybe a little before, a little bit after, were used to listening on the radio as well as watching TV, and now. Maybe the, the way to consume those things are different. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to ask him this, too, because I, I think I think logic would say the play-by-play guy is less important because what you're saying, right? More people watch and, and, and go and maybe aren't just tuned into their mm-hmm. radio every day or in their car or even, you know, in their living room like they used to be, right? The day has changed. But I could make the argument your stuff is actually pushed on more platforms Lives than more ever forever. before. Yeah, yeah. So, like, your highlight calls, especially, mm-hmm. are, are are important. Man, nothing beats now, a great Phil call. the stuff, you're probably not going to hear, but your your big moment calls are really important because they're going everywhere. everywhere. And yeah. they're live forever, and yeah. they're archived. And so... it's a great I, point. I wonder if there's still... I mean, it's, it's a big deal. A I mean, big deal. Obviously, it matters. They hire for the stuff, so... Yeah, we'll ask him. Uh, Jeff Colhane uh, is the new play-by-play man for Florida State. We'll have him on at 4 o'clock. We'll have uh, Nick Luco on from the Jacksonville Iceman. Just signed an extension. And uh, talk a little bit about Stanley Cup playoffs coming up at 4.30. And we got a lot of football in between now and then as well. And uh, let's go talk some football when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Massive, uh, yeah, gen- genuinely, it was massive. I-, I felt felt comfortable all week here. Um, I love playing this golf course, and uh, the way it was set up this week just reminded me of, of 2013 when I won the amateur here. And um, for me, that just put me in such a good good frame of mind for the whole week. Uh, I knew that you know if things weren't going my way, I could pull it back. Um, and and you know, I know everything about the holes and where to hit it, where not to, and um, took advantage of, of that experience, I guess, this week. That is Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, who had a chance to win the PGA Championship, but did not play well on that Sunday. This is a well-liked win within PGA circles, I think, though, in golf world circles. I thought that was an incredible uh, remark from Will Zalatoris. He said, if I couldn't win it, I'm glad he got to win it. I think he told his his, uh, Fitzpatrick's parents, I think it was. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, that's pretty cool. And by the way, Zalatoris is a young dude. For him to be able to do that in the moment after kind of a disappointing loss, uh, I thought that was pretty heady of him. Uh, as well. Uh, not to stay on golf for too long, but here's the real question. Casey, do you believe that I broke 100? No. I knew you wouldn't. I, no, there's no chance, bro. 99? <laughs> I know. 99, bro? There's like, no way. So here's what happened, too. There's, there's, hold on. There's one hole that I need to know exactly what happened because okay. I was like, this is the hole he cheated on. I, I got to find the I can, t- I can tell you every shot that happened. Wow. So, um, and, and by the way, I knew, that's why I was like, gosh, you got to get in it. If I get in at 98, then it won't feel like that, right? And, uh, but I was, I mean, bottom line is, I tweet, I was tweeting, like live tweeting. Um, and I think I had, Ty told me with four holes to play, 
I was 15, no, three holes to play. I had to go four over. I think it was. I think that's what it was. No, I had to go four over with two holes to play to get to 100. That's what it was. And um, and I got up and down for bogey on 17. I made a 15 foot Yeah, that's, that's the hole in question. You're sure there wasn't like a, like a tap-in, you know, that one's good situation there? <laughs> no, there wasn't any good. That one's good. There wasn't any good. Here, here's the... I don't have the card in front of me, and I wish I did. So I do. Do you? Yeah. 8,100 uh, yards. 8,191. 8,191, and we actually went. The guy told us at the start, right? He said, uh, so th- th- this Caleb was the starter. And we go out to play, and uh, there's like a foursome going off at 3.30, so we went and played at like 3.20 to get ahead of them. And... Uh, so he's, he's like, hey, I'll bring you up to the tees. I'll show you which way to aim. It's kind of a blind spot off the first tee. After that, it's pretty self-explanatory, but the first hole is a little tricky. I'll show you where to go. All right. I was like, hey, because I knew he wasn't going to be like, he's like, what are you doing? Because I have Ty with me, mm-hmm. right? He weighs 125 pounds. I was like, hey, we're playing it all the way back. And you know in his mind, he's like, what the hell? Why are you doing this? And But I had to explain to him. I was like, listen, I got a bet going on. And we're doing, I wanted to do this and we're going to do it. And I got to break a hundred. You think I can do it? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he's, so anyway, we tee off and that was it with Caleb. So he was very nice. But, um, I mean, it, it, we played some, he, oh, what I started to say is he's, he said, it's not playing all the way back today in some areas. Well, Ty made me go all the way back anyway. So, you know, like sometimes the back tees, it might say 620. Yep. But it's really at, like, on this day, 585. We walked back to 620 where there weren't even tees. Those didn't work. So, um, so anyway, if you want to go back to that whole 17th hole, mm-hmm. right, that's the one you have in question. Yeah. And what is that? Par 4? Par 4, 500. 501. Yeah, 501. And so we had no chance. So we drive, I drive it pretty well. I have no chance at getting home. There's water on the right. And I actually have a three-wood, 235. And I'm like, I have a three-wood in my hand. But I'm in like the light rough, like uh, the fringy Mm -hmm. rough in the fairway. And I have a three-wood, and I'm like, this isn't smart. I was like, because I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going for it. This This is where I'm going to break 100 for sure. If I get it up there, even chip up and get a five. I'm like, all right, it's not smart. So I have a five iron. I lay it out there. I'm like 140 yards in. I hit a nine iron, and I kind of shove it to the left. So now I miss the green, but I'm just off. Well, I like to putt a lot when I'm just off, but I got a drain in my way, and so I can't. So I'm like a downhill lie into an uphill, and with the and the I got plenty of room with the green, but I'm listen. I'm like like I'm not a pro golfer. Yeah, I'm not gonna like, sound like a trick shot now. I'm not that good. And so I actually hit a pretty decent shot. I, like, bang it into the, the uphill slope. It rolls out, but it's, like, some 15 feet away from bogey. Bogue Lerone. And, and I actually said to myself here, this is it. No, I didn't. I still thought I could make bogey on 18 because I needed bogey and double or double and bogey to break 100. All you saw was my face. You're like, I can't. <laughs> now, there was never it. that kind of pressure. If I had shot 100, I shot 100. Who cares? But I'm like, if I hit this spot, and I usually pick out a spot when I putt, and I've been putting terrible, but I usually pick out a spot, and I'm like, if I hit this spot, I think this is going in. 
Like, I, I had that level of concentration on it. And uh, I hit the damn spot, and I'm like, oh, I hope I hit it hard enough. And I hit it plenty hard enough, right in the center. I mean, it was the best part of the deck. Nice. And I'm like, okay, good, because the guy had told me back at the tee, he's like, when you get to 18, he's like, you may have to, you might not be able to get over the water from the back tees. Hmm. He's like, it's a 260 carry. And so I'm like, well, you're right. I might not be able to. So I'm going to have to be either hit it in the water and shooting three from right. down below. And then I'm bringing certainly five and six into play. Or I'm going to have to lay up early down to the other tee box, make it a closer shot, and then get over the water. What did you do? Well, well you so finished the 16th, you said, with a bogey, right? So you 17. had the 17. So you had the extra shot. So now I needed a double. So you're going to, you laid it up. No, I did. Well, what I did is I actually pushed it left because it looked like the water cut in was easier to get over. Ah, okay. And so we did. Both Ty and I, I don't think Ty did it on purpose, but he ended up over there. And once I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And I did. And then I actually hit two good shots, made it on in three. Yeah, because you three-putted. And I three-putted the damn hole. It was getting a little dark, and it was a dicey putt, but I was like, I want to make like I want to make this putt. Mm -hmm. I was aggressive with it, and I knew I had something to play with, uh, but I was a little pissed off that I three-putted again because I hate three-putting. Yeah. And I, I just hate three-putting. Um, but, I, okay, i got to give you one last thing and the, forget the, the rest of this round of golf. I forget what hole we're on. Um, probably like 14 or something. Uh, and it's a par four and it's a long one. Well, I, on the tee box, I've been driving the ball really well lately. And I drove the ball overall pretty good, but a few swings really cost me from way back where we're playing. Well, I, I'm aiming. There's water all on the left side. So I'm like, I've got to aim to the right. I'm just going to play. Well, I pulled the damn ball and hit it into a tree. <laughs> I mean, you should see where this tree is. Like, it's impossible that you just did this. And I did it. And it went down into, like, this cavern. And I'm like, that's screwed. I got to tee it up again. So now I'm hitting three Casey off this tee. And I'm like, the dream dies here. That would have been so awesome. Because <laughs> now, like, well, how about this? So I hit it again. And I'm lined up. And damn it, I hit the tree again. <laughs> but this time, I'm, and I'm like, listen, I heard a lot of F-bombs the other day. Because I was like, I was into this thing. And I... Uh, He's like, it came out in the fairway. After it hit the tree. After it hit the Like, the first one, he said it dropped down. He saw it drop down. This one came out. But you meant it, to do it. But I would have been hitting five from the tee. That would have been so good. And that was over. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I made a seven on that hole. You did, yeah. And, um, and I had four triple bogeys. I didn't make a par on the back nine. Like, that was very frustrating. Mm. I, just, I just think it's ironic you only one-putted twice that day. One of them was on 17. I did, and... Uh, what Ty shoot, by the way? He, he was... I gotta be honest, like, Ty... Remember I was bragging about him coming out of Stream Song? Yep. Well, the last week or so, he really... I probably played with him maybe three times. He really wasn't hitting it well. He's been, like, focusing on baseball? No, I don't know. I just You know, that's a game of golf sometimes. Sometimes you just don't hit it well. True. And he wasn't hitting it nearly as well as he did at Stream Song. And... Um, and so he, but on the, so the front nine, I don't know what he shot, but it, we weren't like, he wasn't doing the test like I was. Sure. Like he was frustrated and trying to find his game. I was rent free in your head. Yeah. You, you, I was counting every shot. He, I don't think was. So I don't really don't well, even fine. know what he was shooting. And I was like, Ty, you you can go up to the regular tees, man. Like I'm staying back here, but just go up to the regular tees. This is probably very frustrating right now on some of the shots. Well, by the back nine, he really hit it well. And he shot like 45 on the back from 4,000 yards. My man. But he found his game, like, a little bit on the back. So 
that was good. But I don't know. Like, he'll tell you he shot, like, 95, probably. But I'd be lying if he... Like, he usually counts every shot. So you're accusing your son of cheating right now on the radio? No, I just don't... Like, I didn't keep his score. <laughs> it sounds like an accusal. It, so, it sounds like a bit of an accusal. Well, I would say if we had counted every shot, I'm not sure he shot 95. He's like, I'm not saying he cheated. I'm just saying I don't trust the number he put on the yeah, card. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But anyway, that was a cool experience. Played the fifth longest golf course in the world. That is cool. And now I just did a whole tent segment on it, and I didn't want to, but I did. You got me talking about it. <laughs> well, you had to clarify that you didn't cheat, and I, you did I, it I, I genuinely did not cheat. Like I believe you, Brett. If I was going to cheat, it would have been on that hole where I hit a couple off the tee. Mm-hmm. That is fair. I that would have been the one where I was going to cheat. I did appreciate when you posted your your scorecard from the front nine. I don't have it up anymore. But one of them was like a pretty big number. I was like, all right, he's doing this for real. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was like a seven. And I was like, if he's putting down a seven... Like, he's trying. Like, he's going for it. You know what's great? I mean, the par fives are nuts. It's like 620, 620. There's one 700 yards. But the 700-yard par five is a really cool hole. And it's all downhill. So, like, you can, if you hit it decent, like, you can you can get there in three. Yeah. I didn't. I, like, topped <laughs> the three woods. I will say, at one time, I had hit, like, five three woods in a row after my drive. Or off the tee for a, a par three. Mm-hmm. Like, that's course. a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. for Like, I don't hit my three wood regularly very good. Like, I'm not a 95% contact guy with my three wood. Mm. It can get squirrely. <laughs> so, it was Trees good. be damned. But, I, hey, my, my, I said this to Ty. I was like, you set the over-under right. I did, yeah. Like, the 100 was real. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I can break 95. I really do. When are we I, going back? I didn't play as well on Friday. No, I'm probably not doing it again. I'm sore, man. <laughs> I, I cryo. I cryo. There we go. Kids went today. I didn't. I was doing some work. You're right. regretting it now. Sorry. Let's talk some football. Thanks for uh, entertaining my golf round at Ross Bridge. Some, I will say it one more time. Birmingham, Hoover, Alabama area. So good. So underrated. And if you like golf, some fantastic golf courses there uh, as well. Uh, We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I promise we will talk football. I'd much rather go against Tom Brady every day of the week than to go against Peyton Manning. Manning. That's how you feel. I I believe that's how everybody feels. Interesting. I like Like, that. You don't fear Tom Brady. Peyton Manning gives you a total sense, a different set of anxiety. <laughs> like, you have anxiety. Like, you sleep at night like, damn. With Tom Brady, it was more about Bill Belichick, the entire team, the execution, like, them having a game plan. Well, that is Martin Hahn right here on ESPN 690. This is Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Aaron Schechter, Casey Kurtz, followed by Casey and Brian Middleton with Action Sports Shacks OT. Jumbo Shrimp off, but back home this week, mm-hmm. starting on Tuesday afternoon. How about this? Josh Scobie just tweeted, uh, speaking of golf, no biggie, just an impromptu range session with Bryson DeChambeau and Tim Tebow at my home course of Deerwood Country Club. Dang. Interesting. Apparently that just happened. That's a fun round. That's it, uh, Yeah. That is very. Uh, how did they all end up there? I have no idea. Did they know who Josh was? Yes or no? <laughs> I, I actually might tweet him that. You should. It's funny. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay. Take credit for my idea. Good. 
Well, do you want me to put your name? No, on I it? don't. I just want you to tweet. Yeah, because then you'd be like Brent. You threw me under the bus. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, right? I I don't think they knew who he was. But I want you to take the credit, and you're going to get a lot of likes and retweets. And people are going to be like, "Oh, Brent, you're so funny." Okay, you guys know that Casey came up with that, but I'm the only one with the guts to tweet it at. <laughs> I would tweet it, but I don't even like Josh. Doesn't follow me. Josh yeah. doesn't know who I am. Yeah, well, I mean, you could have still said it, but I don't think you'd want to. If I didn't ask you right here, you would have been like, I can't believe you tweeted that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Just hey. trying to, just trying to help. <laughs> uh, we just talked about Barton Hahn earlier today and Keyshawn, Max, and Jay, um, which I give that name like a new, uh, that, a new name like all <laughs> the time. time. I was just looking at Casey, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to laugh every time. <laughs> what is it, KJM? Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keyshawn, Max. Yeah, and I was like, who's on that show? Well, then, by the way, in our three and a half years, that show has changed like four times. Yeah, it's that's fair. fair. Okay. That's <laughs> so, fair. And no disrespect, guys, but <laughs> um, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m., uh, those guys, whatever their names are. And th- this is the hot thing. Didn't we talk about this a little bit last week? Yeah, that's who's why I said it to you because I knew it would make you mad. And it's not making me mad. It's just, actually, I think it should be, I think Jags fans like this. Yeah. Like, do I have a good read on this, Aaron? Like, the real, they said their real rankings of the top five teams. That could be this season's version of the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with the list? And number one is the Jags. Number two is the Giants and the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. Which, again, interesting to me, the Jets are not a part of this. Chicago's not a part of this. Maybe even the Lions are not a part of this. So they've got the most proven quarterback of anybody, even though nobody likes him, but at least he went to a Super Bowl. I mean, he did. Mm. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm a little surprised that those three teams are never listed in this five, it seems like. Yeah. But the Jaguars lead the bunch. And I think Jags fans like that. Like, I think it's a tired topic. Like, who's gonna, my point last week was it doesn't happen every year. You're right. Somebody's the Bengals. It happens every three to four years, maybe, maybe yeah. even handful of years. That, and I'm not talking just to make the playoffs. We're talking about going go, to the Super Bowl, going to the Super right? Bowl, like being a huge Cinderella story. Yeah, yeah. Chicago did it. The Jags did it. That they they really flipped it, but they both didn't go to the Super Bowl and do it. Uh, but I get the context of their question. It's a fair question. It's an interesting one in an NFL that has a lot of parity. I think Jags fans feel good about seeing their team with some confidence amongst the national folk. Well, there's some buzz happening nationally, right? Like, you see a lot of headlines about how uh, Travis Etienne is the real deal and the offense might be coming together a little bit. Doug Peterson has them clicking. So, yeah, I think there's a good reason for Jack fans to be excited, especially the more lists like this the team ends up on. It's something that I think the fans of this team haven't seen in a long time. Let me ask you guys this. why? Because I've talked about it a lot, so I'm going to get your insight on it. Casey... Why is there this confidence? Like, what's the what's the confident factor in the Jags? That again, you're talking about a national media that doesn't like to get behind the Jags. Yeah, they don't like, like that's Jacksonville. That's not a common thing. No, and they did it back, I think, in '16 and got burned because they thought that final year the that the talent was going to uh, blossom a bit, and then some had them in '17 as well, uh, but I think more in '16. Because nobody usually picks, like, a team coming off 3-13 and 13 with a new regime with right. Coughlin. They were unsure how it was going to work. But I bet some people were bullish on it. But why why this time around? Is it because the other teams you can't get behind? Or is it something in particular the Jags have, Casey? 
Uh, by the way, your tweet in four minutes has six likes and one retweet, so uh, looks like that one's going well for you. But He can't help himself from taking credit. By the way, that's a bad day for me, okay? Oh. It's been four minutes. <laughs> it's been four minutes at 3.52 p.m. Trust me, that thing's going to explode to the moon just like Doge. But listen, uh, to answer your question, uh, they have Trevor Lawrence, and nobody else does. Like, it's, it's the exact correlation the Bengals had. Joe Burrow, number one pick two years ago, that dude... Didn't have or got hurt the first year, but wasn't even great uh, before he got hurt. Obviously, come back off the injury. You got Trevor Lawrence, didn't get hurt, but was obviously horrible. Um, the coaching was bad. You bring in a guy that's won a Super Bowl. Bengals didn't have that. Jags have that up on him. Uh, another number one overall pick adding to that. So I think it's as simple as the division is bad. Who I think the, te- the Titans obviously got worse. I think the Colts got better. You don't, but and then the Texans are horrible. So I think you pair Trevor Lawrence with a weak division, it's an easy correlation to make where these other teams like the Jets would have to play tougher competition. It's definitely not apples to apples with the Bengals from last year, even a couple of years ago. You look at Burrow as a rookie, even as a second-year QB, first-year QB, he had established weapons on that team. Yeah. He had, he had uh, some success before yeah. getting hurt. He had an all-pro like Mixon. He, you had Tyler Boyd. You had T. Higgins. And then you add Jamar Chase to that group. I mean, those are significant weapons that maybe you don't see here locally down at TIAA Bank Field just yet. Well, here's the thing. I think people like the fact that year two Trevor adds up to year two Joe Burrow. Okay. Right? You have some pieces in place. Um, who's, the, who's the linebacker? Uh, was he out of Wyoming or something? Was it Luke Wilson? Luke uh, Logan Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Uh, he had an excellent year. Excellent year. Could the Jags find that in whether it was the free agent Aluakin that they added or, or Lloyd or even Trayvon Walker, could they get that kind of production from yeah. a young player that they maybe didn't anticipate on that side of the ball? Because remember, Cincinnati's defense was really good, but it's kind of a no-name defense last year. But yeah. they were still very productive uh, much of the season. I, I also think you hit on it, Casey, like the, the division has a path for success, even though there's friction. I think that was harder with Cincinnati. Because nobody was going to probably admit Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh were all going to be not that good right. and not care and not be able to get in the way of Cincinnati. I think people are willing to do that with Tennessee and Indianapolis, given Matt Ryan, given the injury to Derrick Henry, given the style, all those things. So I think there's that. But I think you guys are missing one big thing here. I think there's an outside confidence in Doug Peterson. Mm, the guy's got a Lombardi trophy. I yeah, said that. Yeah. You said, oh, sorry, I missed that. And you said, a known but, entity, yeah. So I think, so, Casey, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Trevor certainly has buy-in, but you still have to see what Trevor's going to do. Yeah. I think there's a confidence in Doug Peterson. He's going to get the best out of Trevor. Mm. I think the guy's got a Lombardi trophy. I know he does have a Lombardi trophy. He can bring some of the winning ways to Jacksonville. And uh, I really think this centers... The outside faith, if you will, centers more around Doug Peterson. And by the way, there was not that outside faith for Cincinnati last year in Zach Taylor. Mm. So that's something else the Jags have maybe in their favor. I'm not predicting it's going to happen. I'm just kind of trying to find the root of why is this such a sexy story. That of, makes sense, for know? sure. Uh, and, and that's uh, part of the reason. It's it's a topic that's been floating around quite a bit uh, lately. It's one of those summer topics that keep the NFL uh, in the mainstream. Hey, what's going on in Florida State? They've got a new play-by-play man to take over for Jacksonville's Gene Deckerhoff, and we talk to him coming up next on ESPN 690.